Welcome back to the Diamonds a Dozen podcast, where we navigate through life's pains, pressures, and processes. I am your anchor, Delsha Stewart, and you are now tuned into episode eight, Dazed In, Phased Out. What are we going to be talking about today? We're talking about phasing out of the whole phase or the sexually immoral phase being a busted baby, a bust down Tatiana, a sugar daddy, a sugar mama, a sugar baby, having a hot girl summer, being outside, being a hoe, a slut, or for my old school listeners, a floozy, being married and giving out hall passes. What is that? Permission to do whatever you want outside of your marriage giving permission for your spouse to have sex with somebody else these things are not acceptable to god but the world will teach us that it is so what does it mean to be dazed it means stunned stupefied slow to react groggy lethargic unenergetic confused or unable to think clearly oftentimes in a sexually immoral phase we don't think clearly and our discernment is diminished we are dazed we are using our energy to this sexual relationship and the energy is misplaced elsewhere what is a phase it is a distinct period or stage in a series of events or it's a process of change or development it means to carry out something or come out of something in gradual stages. So a lot of times when we've been in a sexually immoral phase in our life, it takes a lot of work to come out of it. And it's not often instantaneous. Sometimes it is, but a lot of times we have to phase it out. We have to come out of that in a gradual phase in order to embrace fully our sanctification process. One thing that life has taught me is that lust has no limits and perversion has no bounds perversion is not just sexual perversion means using something other than its intended use by its designer so if i have a nail in the wall and i get a screwdriver the screwdriver is not meant for a nail a hammer is now i'm i'm in perversion because i'm using it outside of its intended design so as a believer in christ having sex outside of covenant or marriage is to use it other than its intended use by its creator. In Genesis chapter one, verse 27 through 28, he's talking to Adam and Eve and it says, God created human beings. He created them male and female. God blessed them and said, prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. The world teaches us that sexual immorality is normal, that it's acceptable, that it's perfectly okay. And we hear it through lyrics and music. We see it in different relationships. We see it in images through pornography, through images on social media and television and entertainment. However, that is not God's intent. Oftentimes we were taught sex outside of its proper context. We were introduced to sex by other children. We were introduced to sex in illicit means, i.e. abuse, molestation, rape. We were taught information by other people in authority and family members about sex. And it wasn't often 
proper information. You will hear that people have told their children, if you even think about sex, you need to get on birth control or don't bring any babies in this house because I'm not raising them in that type of narrative. The world will teach you that you can do whatever you want with your body because it belongs to you and you need to be sexually free and liberated. But sexual promiscuity is not equivalent to sexual liberality because oftentimes what seems like it's freeing, I'm grown, I can do what I want to do, it creates bondage for your soul. There are so many consequences for coming having sex outside of marriage. And it's not always just STDs. It's not always just unwanted pregnancy. So don't take the bait. Don't fall for it. If you are a virgin now, remain sexually pure until God has introduced the spouse he has designed for you. If you have found yourself in a sexually immoral place that you feel like you just can't get out of, know that you can. And this episode is for you. So God created sex for marriage. We see in Matthew chapter 19, verse four through six, it says, he answered, haven't you read in your Bible that the creator originally made man for woman, for each other, male and female? And because of this, a man leaves father and mother and is firmly bonded to his wife, becoming one flesh, no longer two bodies, but one. So we're going to debunk the myth that soul ties are not real because it's right here. Although the word soul tie isn't used, its description and definition can be found. It says in this verse that man and woman becomes firmly bonded or knit together. And that's where the word soul tie comes from. No longer two bodies, but one. So every time you have sex outside of marriage, those two bodies become one. So this isn't occurring just in a marital context, but if you choose to have sex outside of marriage, you are creating a soul tie. Your soul is becoming firmly bonded with the person or people that you choose to have sex with. The dangers of this, like I said, are not just physical. This is why you can find yourself engaging a person, even if the sexual act is not good. It's not that great, but you find yourself being drawn back to that person. It's how you're able to ignore toxicity and red flags in a relationship. You know, this person is not good for you, but because you have created a soul tie, you find yourself continuously going back to them. It's why you can feel intense emotions of another person, even when they're not in your presence. You can feel when they are withdrawing or shutting down or something is wrong because there is that transference of energy. Here's the thing. Not only is there a transference of energy, but there is a transference of soul issues spiritual issues, your issues become their issues and vice versa. Have you ever seen a person's personality completely change based on who they're with or the soul ties that they have? Because I definitely have seen a person's whole personality change. I mean, their wardrobe, the way they talk, their likes and dislikes change based on who they were having sex with. Um, 
issues that they didn't used to have, they now have. They once were a patient person, but because the person they're sleeping with has anger issues, now they're flying off the handle, snapping and going off. Another word for promiscuity is whoredom. And let's just clear this up. It is not gender specific. It is not just applied to women, even though the society's standards like to label women with all these labels. However, whoredom is not gender specific. Pornea is the Greek root word for harlotry and sexual immorality. Whatever your flavor is, adultery, incest, fornication, homosexuality, masturbation, bestiality, all of it. And it's where the word pornography comes from. We're going to look at Galatians chapter 5, 19. It says, it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. That's why you find yourself in a cycle of leaving and going back, leaving and going back ups and downs, going in circles, feeling distracted. This is why you can have sex with somebody over and over and over again and still feel lonely. This is how you can continuously have sex with somebody and still feel feelings of shame and guilt and condemnation because it's not being used in its proper context. In 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 18, it tells us to flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So this is the proof that there is no sexual liberation in having sex outside of marriage. It's sin and it's impurity. And in John 8, 34, Jesus answered them, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to it. So if you continue to do it, you're going to continue to be in bondage. And that's not what God intends for our life. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 18 through 20 in the message version because it makes it so plain. It says there's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is as much spiritual mystery as physical fact. As written in scripture, the two become one. Since we want to become spiritually one with the master or God, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy leaving us more lonely than ever. The kind of sex that can never become one. There is a sense in which sexual sins are different from all others. In sexual sin, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies. These bodies that were made for God-given and God-modeled love for becoming one with another? Or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, the place of the Holy Spirit? Don't you see that you can't live how you please? 
squandering what God paid such a high price for. The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. So people see God in and through your body. That is God's intended plan. And I know I hear you. I have needs. Yes. And God is Jehovah Jireh. So let him provide those needs to you and the way that he intended them to. A lot of times people are drawn to these sexual relationships, not just because of the soulish and spiritual things, but just the physical thing alone. When you have sex, your body releases chemicals or the happy endorphins, the happy endorphins, the happy chemicals are serotonin and dopamine and endorphins. They give your brain signals to make you feel happy. So when sex is happening, your body is releasing oxytocin. And that's what often keeps you going back. But if you have found yourself in a daze of sexual immorality, and it seems like an unending cycle or a frustrating cycle, know that you are not alone. And I'm getting ready to encourage you with 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. Let me repeat that. God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. Once again, he'll always be there to help you come through it. So what is it that God wants? What does he intend for our lives? First Thessalonians chapter four, verse three through five said, God wants you to live a pure life. Keep yourself from sexual promiscuity. Learn to appreciate and give dignity to your body, not abusing it as is so common among those who know nothing about God. So with the spirit of lust and perversion comes appetites and that's what animates you to act that's what creates these insatiable urges and temptations and pulsations and all of these feelings in your nervous system in your body to want to have sex those happy endorphins that are released so how do i stop i'm glad you asked these are your diamonds for this episode diamond number 1 Read your Bible daily, every single day, because in order for your actions to change, you have to think differently, renew your mind, allow your thoughts to align with his thoughts. Let your mind be in Christ Jesus. Let your mind be in his mind. Diamond number two, examine your thoughts, see where they're not in alignment with God's words and get ready to cast them down. Every thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, cast them down. When your thoughts are 
wavering to doing something or acting on something that is not God's will, take it captive and cast it down. Don't just let images and song lyrics and things run through your mind over and over. You have to take control. You have to capture them and cast them down. Diamond number three, confess your sins. Renounce the lust. Renounce, renounce the perversion. Renounce the pornography, the masturbation, whatever that thing is. That thing, that thing, that thing. Lauren Hill said it. Whatever that thing is, confess it renounce it and then turn away from it. Repent. It's a change of thought and a change of action. Ask God for the help to overcome because he's there for you to help you see it all the way through. Diamond number four, fast. Fast and then fast some more. It's hard to overcome sexual sin, but you can do it. The Bible will tell you that some demonic oppression, some things only come out by fasting and prayer. Soul ties are very hard to sever. It's one of the hardest things to break, but it is doable. But you must be in the word. You must be praying and you must be fasting. Diamond number five, stop making plans for it. What do I mean by that? Do practical things that will stop you from engaging in certain activities. You don't need lingerie if you're not married, so don't buy it. You don't need to go into the sex store if you're not married, so stay out of the Todd. Stay out of Spencer's. Stop buying the sex games. Don't buy the sex dice. I know what they are. Kiss, blow, suck. Yeah, I used to have a pair before I was saved. Throw those things away. Don't buy those things anymore. The handcuffs, the bondage toys, the fuzzy things, all of that. Here's another easy one. Don't pack your overnight bag. Stop doing that. Stop packing it. Stop leaving it in your trunk. Stop leaving it in your car because that makes it easy when you get that what you doing text to just go. It's already prepared. Stop doing that. Here's another one. Stop leaving condoms in your glove compartment, in your seat pocket, in your cup holder, all of those things. Number one, because it's going to overheat, it's too hot, and the condom is going to become ineffective. So you don't want to do that anyway, but stop preparing for that. If you're a porn watcher, they have sites that will block them for you. Get on those sites to block the porn sites on your computer and on your phone. Don't give room for the enemy. Take those preventative measures. Diamond number six, that energy that you are using for sex, it's misplaced. So channel it elsewhere. Use that energy to write a book, to journal, to create new recipes and cook, read a book, go to the gym, do other things that are going to create those happy endorphins, those dopamines, those endorphins, and the oxytocin. Do things that are going to stimulate your mind and body that are healthy and productive 
and geared towards your destiny. Do those things that are not distracting, that are not going to pull you away from the presence of God because our bodies are to glorify him. Our bodies are to be dwelling places of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can't dwell when we got Bobby, Ricky, Tony, uh, Sharice, Ashley, Angela, and all of these things, all of these people's soulish issues intertwine with our souls. So we have to sever those ties. And your last diamond, diamond number seven, accountability, get help, reach out to safe people who have overcome the issues that you have. Don't call on people who are still in the same issue with you that are going to condone you in your compromise that are going to tell you, go girl, go bust it wide open. No, we're not doing that. We are really, truly walking this thing out. So get accountability and use it as a preventative measure, not a remedial measure, meaning I'm going to call before I fall. When I get that what you doing text at 1 a.m., I'm going to call my accountability partner. I'm going to text my accountability partner. It doesn't matter the hour. This is serious. So when you get those DMs of those people that you know that you're not supposed to be connected to, you get that late night text, what you doing, what we about to do, I'm thinking of you, I miss you, it's homecoming time, all of that, all of the tricks the enemy uses, that's when you need to be reaching out to your accountability. Preventative, not remedial. Don't call after you've fallen like, oh, I done slid over there to her house. No, call before you go over there. Call when you're having those thoughts. Hey, I'm feeling this way. I feel the urge. I need to do something else. Go sit with a friend. Go walk in the park. Go to the gym. Go go to the beach. Do something different with that energy. If you don't remember anything else I say about accountability, remember call before you fall. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you have topics that you would like to hear discussed, Follow the Instagram page, send a message on Diamonds a Dozen Podcast, or shoot an email to Diamonds a Dozen Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and see you next time.